It's the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. This train is building up a head of steam. So you might want to grab your ticket, get on board, and enjoy the podcast. Because you don't know what journey this train ride is going to take you on. But one thing we can tell you, the show is about to begin. So once again, grab your ticket, get on board, fasten your seatbelt, enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, and it's starting next. Welcome to another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, and what we're going to do, I'm going to just go ahead and dive in this. I'm going to give you some audio. As a matter of fact, this audio is from 2013. You may recognize the voice. Talking about ball pressure, matchup zone. Enjoy. The guards are doing their thing on one end of the court. The back line is working their, their, their end as well. The back line are the three, the four, and the five working in conjunction. Now, we always have the three-man run right side facing the defensive goal that we're going to uh, defend. We have the five-man in the middle, and we have the four-man on the left side. That's a personal preference because I don't want the forward saying, well, I, I ran here first and I had this spot. Three-man always runs back right. Four-man always runs back left. Five-man always runs back head in the hole to establish our 35 defense. Now, we've got offensive players on the block and in the corner on both sides, and then dummy offensive players on the wings so that if they're below or even with the foul line extended or slightly higher, the forwards may have to take it. Otherwise, they know it would be a guard. But again, the guards will be on the opposite end, so it's kind of simulated and inferred in this situation. We'll move the ball around. The defensive players are going to communicate each and every move that they make. If it's a closeout, high hands. If it's uh, uh, open up and dive and make the short slide, they're going to open up with that bottom foot so that they do not lose sight of the basketball. And the weak side player is going to show face and hopefully communicate that as well. Guard's got that pass, okay? It's back out front. They're adjusting. The forward comes out with a great hand-high close, open-up, short slide. Had a good show face there, okay? They're communicating. Their hands should be up. There's a short. There's an open-up, short slide. Good. Fantastic. Hands are up. Now now we've got the middle manners out on the ball. Open up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, that's exactly what we've been talking about a lot. Okay, Phil, you're out here. James, you did the same thing. James has got the middle. This is a way we can get better, all right? Phil's got the ball here on the pass to the corner. James closes. But here's what you guys did, okay? You guys came in and did like this, okay? Now you got your back to the ball. Instead of you got here, you open up, you see the ball, and you sprint like this. See the difference? Okay, both of you guys did that. Let's try to open up, see the ball, face the the action. Okay, here we go. Let's do it again. 
Try to get the ball to the block. The guard's got the pass. We reverse it. Now forward. He closes well. Look at that slide. Excellent job of showing face from the weak side. Good, good. Forward's got the ball with a good close. Short slot, perfect show face. Guard's always got the first pass out. Forward's got it. Excellent. Freeze, freeze, freeze. Perfect. Now, here's something we need to talk about. We incorporate Anytime there's been a short slide, James Shuler was out that time. He did a great job. You've got the middle, Otis. He did a great job of short sliding with a tremendous closeout by Otis. Great face by, shown by Philip Williams on the baseline. Now, any pass out of this corner, they know that man does not come out of the middle to get it. The guard has to take, even if it's this low. DeAndre, Chris, Michael, Mantoris, James, they know a guard has to take this pass out of the Today we're going to look at Greg Marshall's smash series that he's had a ton of success with since he's been the head coach of Wichita State. The play begins with a point guard passing it to the right wing and following his pass to get a handoff in order to draw that right guard defender to him. After he hands it back, the shooter runs along the baseline, and as he does, he draws the forward defender. As he comes through drawing the forward defender, the big that starts on the block sets a rip screen for that middle defender, X5, in allowing his teammate that started on the elbow to come underneath the defense to catch it for a layup. The counter to this is smashed down. They'll run this when they see X5, the center defender, playing low in order to take away the rip cut. Now, instead of that center that starts on the block setting a rip screen for the elbow, the elbow will come down and kind of smash down on X5 as the as the post player comes around looking for a short jump shot. common defensive tactic against this or any other kind of stack action against zone is to bring the forward defender all the way over and try to match up to take away any kind of screening action. Smash mix is run specifically to attack this kind of counter by the defense. As the forward defender drifts towards the middle of the paint to help X5 on any kind of screening action, three throws it back to one as four returns to screen for the forward as the, as the shooter stops underneath the rim and comes back out the original side. Another misdirection action Wichita State has added to this series is smash snap, where uh, as the defense shifts all the way over to the left to get ready for any of that any of that action over on the left side of the floor, Wichita State will bring a one of the bigs up to the right wing, the first side of the floor, to set a quick ball screen and try to attack off that. And there you have some audio and some video footage there of a typical Greg Marshall defense and a Greg Marshall smash snap offense during his Wichita State tenure. In those video clips, you saw Fred VanVleet, Ron Baker. You even seen Shaquille Morris. You seen Marcus McDuffie. So why am I starting my show up like this? Because 
unless you're sleeping under rocks and where we all know that the Greg Marshall era at Wichita State officially ended as of Tuesday morning. So we got that part of it out of the way. So let's look at some issues or some reports, so to speak, dealing with the Marshall Utah State split. Because there are a lot of questions, but will there be any answers? Well, this much I can give you right here. Greg Marshall's time as the Wichita State men's basketball coach is coming to an end after 13 seasons. According to Jeff Goodman, the Wichita State is expected to part ways with him by the end of the week. This is basically a timeline. This is was the buildup last week. The decision comes after a number of shocking allegations regarding physical and verbal abuse by Marshall toward players and other Inside the athletic department surfaced on October 9th, Wichita State released a statement acknowledging the allegations and explaining there was an independent investigation. The investigation is being completed in an expeditious and deliberate manner. We have received full cooperation from university staff, coaches, and current student athletes, and Coach Greg Marshall, and support any individual who chooses to participate in order to conduct a fair and impartial and thorough investigation. So that was back in October when that, well, that was last week when we were anticipating the inevitable. So now we bring you up to the we bring you up to the inevitable part that happened. Greg Marshall resigns. And let me just add this. Greg Marshall resigns but walks away with the way it's structured. $7.5 million. So was it a self-resignation or was it a 
forced resignation slash partial buyout. So let's dive into this story. Utah State men's basketball coach Greg Marshall resigned Tuesday after an investigation into allegations of verbal and physical abuse, ending a tenure that soared to the Final Four and crashed before the upcoming season. Marshall came under scrutiny when former player Shaq Morris claimed he'd been struck twice by his coach during an October 2015 practice. Morris also claimed that he'd seen Marshall choke assistant coach Cal Linstead, who soon departed to become an assistant at Minnesota. Marshall denied the claims. Who said Marshall agreed to a settlement of $7.75 million to be paid over the next six years? This was a difficult decision, but one I feel was necessary for my family, the university, and most importantly, the student-athletes, Marshall said. I wish to thank the coaches, student-athletes, the university, the community, and all of Shocker Nation for their unending dedication, support, and loyalty. I am incredibly proud of this men's basketball program and all it has achieved over the past 14 years. Shocker assistant coach Isaac Brown, who has been with the program since 2014, will serve as interim coach. Their season begins November 25th against Utah State in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I know this is a difficult time for our kids, but we will come together as a team and continue to compete, Brown said. We have a great group of kids and staff, and we will work hard each day to represent our school and our city. Wichita State Athletic Director Darren Boatwright said the university acknowledges the success of the basketball program under Coach Marshall, but that it was the best in the best interest of the program to part ways. What the program needs right now is stability, Boatwright said. Isaac has been here for seven years and has good rapport and relationships with the players and staff. I think he is the natural choice. Marshall steadfastly had denied any accusation that he had struck a player or choked an assistant. Though five players told the Wichita Eagle they saw him hit Morris during the 2015-16 season. Eight other players told the Eagle they saw him put his hands around Linstead's throat during the 2016-17 season. Wichita State launched an inquiry in October hiring St. Louis-based law firm Tuith Kenny to handle the probe. Many players thrive in the system we have created and are energized by our team culture, Marshall said soon after the allegation surfaced. For those players, I am a motivator, a pusher, someone who can tap into their greatest potential. For others, I can be demanding, harsh, or strict. I don't argue with those descriptions. What I am not is demeaning or abusive. I have deep respect for all our players. Marshall won at least 20 games in 11 consecutive seasons. Along the way, the Shockers made a stunning run to the Final Four during the 
13 season, then went unbeaten during the regular season and finished 35-1 and the next year. The program wound up sending several players, including Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet, to the NBA. May I also add to that list Landry Shamit, who is currently with the L.A. Clippers. And Ron Baker, I think he's back here in Wichita. Fred Van Vliet, starting point guard and a championship winner with the Toronto Raptors. So there you have that. What can be made of it? Will Marshall coach again? How will the Wichita State season turn out? Well, we're going to take a look at their roster here. See if we can pull up their roster, that would be nice. And I think we are coming up on that right now. I think these would be some pretty good guys to go to war with. Starts with guard, junior guard, Dexter Dennis. 6'5", 210. Also back, 6'2", 200-pound guard, Tyson Etienne. Then you have from Terre Haute, Indiana, junior college transfer, 6'2", 185-pound guard, Craig Porter Jr. Got Redshirt Senior and transfer from UConn, Alterique Gilbert. And from what I'm hearing, he is the real deal. You have freshman Ricky Council, the fourth, 6'6, 205-pound guard. You also have senior forward, six foot six, Trey Wade. And you also have one that slipped in on me here, a 6'2", 188-pound guard, junior, guard by the name of Remy Robert II from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And you got incoming freshman guard, 6'4", 175-pound, Chauncey Jenkins. You also have junior college transfer, 5'11", guard Trevin Wade, the brother of Trey Wade. Also back, his senior from Andover High School, 6'2 guard, Jacob Hers, the son of Ryan Hers. And also back for his senior year from Goddard Eisenhower, a 6'0 guard, 
Bryson Bush. And you have freshman from Charlotte, North Carolina. 6'9 forward, 205 pound forward at that. Jaden Seymour. Yahoo had put his name in the transfer portal but decided to come back. 6'8", 235-pound forward junior, Morris Udezi. We also have sophomore 6'7", 210-pound forward, Clarence Jackson, a JUCO transfer. You have redshirt freshman from Spire Academy in Ohio, 6'10", 232-pound forward, Yosefat Bilal. Guy's name who was mentioned in the report, a junior from Omaha, Nebraska, by way of, and also by way of Sunrise Christian Academy, 6'9", 250-pound forward, Isaiah Poor Bear Chandler. And this year's coaching staff is looking like this. Interim head coach Isaac Brown, assistant coach Lou Godino, also assistant Tyson Waterman, and the men's basketball support staff. Dominique O'Connor, who's been here forever and a day, Nick Jones, Jeff Chapman. All right, Director of Operations, Dominic O'Connor, Director of Player Development, Nick Jones. Video Coordinator, Jeff Chapman. Special Assistant, Ryan Hillard. Athletic Trainer, Todd Fagan. Strength Conditioning Coach, Kerry Rosenblum. So that's the makeup of this team this year. Now, I pretty much like their chances. There's going to be some people sleeping on there, and that may be a big mistake to sleep on this year's Shocker team. Yes, they parted ways with Greg Marshall. And like I said, there's still a lot of questions. Whether we get answers anytime soon, it remains to be seen. But that roster, I like our chances. You have a seasoned Dexter Dennis. You have Trey Wade. And I'm pretty sure Altariq Gilbert is going to be your starting point guard. And even though it seems like Morrissey Desi and Poor Bear Chandler seem like it, they didn't flourish under Marshall, maybe now they get a chance to spread their wings, so to speak. Maybe they're, they can loosen up, relax, and just play the game. They got a good mix of JUCO transfers, good mix of freshmen. And I believe that if this community gets behind this team and this coaching staff, I believe you will see some great things out of this team, not next year, but this year. So who could the possible replacements be? For, for the departed Greg Marshall. And I'm really one who really hates to do this because we have an interim coach coaching the team this year. It's pretty much an audition. Is it a fair audition under the times that we're in right now? Maybe not, but it's still an audition. 
keep in mind, this school doesn't even have a president. They have an interim president. So now you have to look at things realistically. What happens if a new president is named? And maybe he wants to start over new. Is Darren Boatwright's job safe? Is his job in jeopardy? There's more questions surrounding not just the basketball program, but the school in general. But I am going to at random just pick up five potential candidates to replace Marshall. And this may be a very interesting list. Wichita State basketball, five potential candidates to replace Greg Marshall. So let's see what we could be working with here. And we are first efforting this audio and then we will get down into it. We will bypass the audio. We'll just get on down to it. Right now, Isaac Brown, his head coaching experience, Wichita State interim head coach, 2020 present. Last position, Wichita State assistant coach, 2014 to 2020. The timing of Marshall's dismissal makes it difficult to poach a coach from another program, meaning it would be logical and sensical for Wichita State to hire from within. Isaac Brown, Marshall's assistant for the past six years, has been tabbed as the interim head coach for this season. And he will have an opportunity to prove why he may be the safe and obvious hire moving forward. Brown arrived to Wichita in the summer of 2014 and assisted the Shockers in going 157-49 during that span. His development of the Shocker front court was instrumental to Wichita State's success throughout those six seasons. In their final three seasons in the Missouri Valley Conference, and their first year in the AAC. Wichita State led both conferences in rebound margin in those four straight seasons, 2014-15 to 2017-18, ranking second nationally in the final two years. The final season featured a front court comprised of Richard Kelly, Shaq Morris, and Ronald Nurja, a trio that was key in out-rebounding 31 of their 33 opponents that year. That team spent the entirety of the season in the national rankings as well, climbing as high as number three before entering the NCAA tournament as a number four seed. Although Brown although Brown has never had a head coaching job until now, he has had an extensive and impressive track record as an assistant coach dating back to Pearl River Community College in 1997. His stops since then include South Alabama, Arkansas, Arkansas State, and Louisiana Tech. 
While Brown mainly developed the big man at Wichita State, he was responsible for coaching the wings and guards while under current Florida head coach Mike White at Louisiana Tech. His leadership produced four all-conference players, including Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year, Kenneth Smith. Any place Brown has gone has immediately emerged as an extremely successful program. His single season at Arkansas State, where he was associate head coach, produced a 17-14 season where the Red Wolves went undefeated 13-0 at home and won the Sunbelt Conference West Division title. His time in South Alabama included the best turnaround in the nation in 2006, when, after three straight losing seasons, the Jaguars went 24-7 and qualified for the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1998. Brown is the logical and safe choice for Wichita State, and depending on how he does this season, I would be shocked if his interim title is not removed sometime this year. While he lacks head coaching experience, his resume as an, as an assistant is outstanding, and he should be able to continue the successful shocker culture at, that Wichita State has enjoyed recently, says Marshall. So, what I'm going to do right here, I am going to take a break. And when I come back, I will give you some more looks at the five potential coaching replacements for the the job that was left vacant by Coach Marshall. So it's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, and now next on that list, the names are amazing. How about former Ohio State coach Thad Mata? Head coaching experience, Butler, 2000, 2001 to they had a 24-8 record. Xavier, 2001-04, went 78-23. Then he landed at Ohio State, 2004-2017, where he compiled a 337-123 record. How fitting would it be that the most ill-timed dismissal be resolved by the most unusual coaching hire? Dad Mother, the studio-retired all-time wins leader in Ohio State history, fits the bill perfectly. This, unbelievably, is not that far of a stretch, as it presently sounds. After Jeff Goodman broke the news of Marshall's dismissal, Seth Davis reported that Wichita State had great interest in hiring Mata and getting him started at the helm right away. Those reports have already been shot down, and understandably so. Mata's unexpected departure at Ohio State was largely brought on, largely brought on by grueling health issues with his back and feet, mainly brought on by a back surgery performed in 2008. Mata coached 
through most of his Buckeye tenure, 2004-17, in unbearable pain. Mata himself sounded pes pessimistic about ever returning to the sideline, which makes the reports of his connection to this opening even more doubtful. However, for the sake of this, let's get crazy and say he does have interest in the job, which could very well be possible. This would be an incredible hire for Wichita State. In 17 seasons, Mata has amassed an absurd overall record of 439-154 during his tenure at Butler, Xavier, and Ohio State. He has qualified for 13 NCAA tournaments and in those 17 years winning, earning NIT bursts in two of the remaining four, one of which produced an NIT championship. His most notable, notable season came in 2006-2007 when his Buckeyes went 35-4 and, and finished national runner-up, runners-up to Florida and 2011-2012 when Ohio State narrowly lost to Kansas in the Final Four, finishing the thirty, finishing the year thirty-one and eight behind the legendary core group of Jarrett Sullinger, Deshaun Thompson, William Buford, and Aaron Kraft. Mata is as respected of a coach as anyone. He has earned Coach of the Year honors five times across three different conferences, and there would be more than a breath of fresh air. Wichita State after dealing with Marshall. Next on this list, I don't believe this, Danny Manning. He was at Tulsa for two seasons, 2012 to 2014. He amassed a 38-29 and record. But Danny Manning wanted to go home. He went to Wake Forest. 2014-2020 record was 78-111. Like Mata, former Tulsa and Wake Forest head coach Danny Manny is on his is on this list due to the emerging reports of his ties to this job. Like Mata, Manny's potential at landing his job is strained, albeit for different reasons. Whereas health problems are holding Mata back, Manny's track record as a head coach is what ails him. No one can deny his place as a college basketball legend. He is the all-time leading scorer in Kansas basketball history, and he is on one of the greatest player. He is one of the greatest players in college hoops history. Additionally, he had a stellar NBA career and served nine seasons on the sidelines at Kansas under Bill Self, winning a national title in 2008. In the process, he more than earned his first head coaching gig in 2012 when he was hired at Tulsa, leading one of the youngest groups in college basketball to an NCAA tournament berth in his second season. After going 38-29 and 29 in two seasons with the Golden Hurricanes, Manny took over the helm of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. He inherited a squad that failed to qualify for the NCAA tournament in Jeff Beslick's four seasons and had struggled to find consistent success since the late skip process tenure ended in 2007. To Manning's credit, he did well starting out after going 24-39 in his first two seasons. He molded three star recruits, John Collins, into an All-American and eventual first-round NBA draft pick while leading the Demon Deacons to a first four appearance in the 2016-17. Their 
first appearance in the tournament since 2010. But what followed is what makes Manning's ties to the Wichita State job so confusing. After going 19 and 14 overall in 99 in ACC play in 2016-17, Manning failed to get the Deacons out of the basement of the ACC, finishing no better than 12th in his final three seasons. His record in that stretch was 35 and 58 overall and 14 and 42 in ACC play. Manning is not an awful coach by any means. His success in the 2016-17 season deserves a lot of credit, but I do not think he is meant for a power conference job, at least not yet. This is largely why Wichita State would be a quality fit for Manning because it is more like Tulsa than it is Wake Forest, both being in the same region and conference. There are obviously bigger shoes to fill in Wichita State, particularly when considering the Shockers were still competing at a national level as recently as last year, something Tulsa was not doing when Manning arrived there. If Manning gets the job, it would give him a perfect opportunity to prove himself as a head coach at a high-level institution. Wichita State isn't necessarily rebuilding, but Manning would be inheriting a group he can build upon and lead back to the NCAA tournament after missing out in 2018-19, just like he did with Tulsa and Wake Forest. Next on this list, John Beeline. Yes, that name has been popping up lately as well, too. John Beeline. His head coaching experience, well, it's a long list. Nazareth College, 1982-83, one season, 20-6. LeMoyne, 1983-1992, 163-94 record. Canisius. 1992-1997, 89-62. How about the Spiders from Richmond? From 1997 to 2002, his record 153. West Virginia, the Mountaineers. From 2002 to 2007, 104-60. and 60. Michigan, 2007-2019. 278 and 150, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, his long season, we won't even really count this against him, 2019, 2020, 14 and 40. The safe choice on literally any potential coaches list, former Michigan head coach John Beeline has been out of college coaching the past four years, having jumped ship to the NBA in what turned out to be a tumultuous coaching affair with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Beeline, who was assisting with the Cavaliers in a different capacity after his resignation, skipped on returning to the collegiate ranks this past season, understandably so, as the only power conference job that opened was Wake Forest. But an opportunity to coach the Wichita State Shockers might be too good to turn down. Beeline is no stranger to success at literally any collegiate level. Never an assistant, Beeline has served as a head coach at all three divisions, registering winning records at every single stop, Division Three, Nazareth, Division Two, Lemoyne, and at Division One level, and the Division One level at Canisius, Richmond, West Virginia, and Michigan. His stops at West Virginia and Michigan are obviously what put him in the national spotlight. 
and for good reason. Beeline has an overall record of 754 and 425 under his belt, as well as two NCAA tournament run-up finishes in 2013 and 2018 with Michigan. Wichita State is in an odd situation where it is not necessarily a mid-major anymore, but does not belong in a power conference. Beeline has won at both levels, going 189-15 in 10 seasons at Canisius Richmond and reaching the NCAA tournament twice and NIT four times. Nothing against Wake Forest, but Wichita State is, by far and away, the best coaching job to come open this year. It is a position Beeline can step into and have back at the national level in no time. He has reached the postseason within the first two years in his Division I stops thus far, and this job would be no different. Like Mata, Beeline is also one of the most, if not the most, respected coach at the collegiate ranks. A poll conducted by CBS Sports a few years back saw 26.6% of more than 100 college coaches named Beeline the number one high major coach who does everything by the rule book. Beeline is currently employed at Michigan as an instructor, a job he started just this year. So leaving his current position to return to college hoops so abruptly might be too extreme at this point. But if Beeline was waiting for the perfect job to open up, then that time has come if Brown's tenure as interim does not pan out. Here's a name I didn't see coming. I'm just going to call him by his nickname first, and then I'll give you his real name. Thunder. You ready for it? Thunder Dan Marley. I remember his days watching him in the NBA. Now, here's what's ironic about this, how his name come up. Because uh, he's at Grand Canyon College. He's been there since 2013 to presently right now. Why is that? Why is there some ironic? Why is it so ironic about that? Well, one of Wichita State's player, Ashbourne Midgard, guess where he transferred to? Grand Canyon College. I'm thinking someone else might have transferred there from Wichita State. I'm not quite sure, but I know for a fact that. Ashbourne Midgard is there. So his experience, Grand Canyon, 2013 to 2020, he has a 136 and 89 record. Dan Marley is somehow maybe the most outlandish suggestion on a list that includes Thad Mata and Danny Manning in 2020. But I think this would be a solid hire if the Shockers are looking to make an unusual choice. Marley was the first casualty of the coaching carousel this past offseason, getting booted from the head job at Grand Canyon in what could only be summarized as a shocking decision. The former three-time NBA All-Star enjoyed a seven-year tenure with the Antelopes being named their head coach in 2013-14 in their first year of competition at Division I. Going 32-30 in his first two seasons, Marty turned on the Jets from 2015-2019 going 91-42 and 
in that four-season span. They earned postseason bids to the CIT and the CBI five of his seven years, never being able to escape the whack with an NCAA tournament berth. Understandably, given it has been won by New Mexico State eight of the past ten seasons. This past season was the nail in the coffin, however, as Marley endured his first losing season as a head coach, finishing 13-17 and and tying for fifth in the WAC. It was enough to cost him his job despite recording an overall record of 136-89. and The 2015-16 team, which went 27-7, and the most wins in program history, was notably good, despite not being eligible for postseason play due to their transition. They secured victories over 20 wins San Diego State and Houston squads and were the only WAC team to defeat New Mexico State that season. To Grand Canyon's credit, they have done well in finding a replacement in Bryce Drew. But I think Marley was unfairly fired, particularly after recording four 20-plus win seasons for a program that just transitioned from Division II. The 2017-18 season marked the first time Grand Canyon was eligible for the postseason, WAC tournament, and NCAA tournament, and NIT. And they only gave Marley three years to coach the NCAA tournament. Marley is most likely not on Wichita State's radar, especially if Marley and Manning are reportedly being flowed around. But he is a coach worth looking at. He might not yet have proven himself at a high major level, but if the Sharkers want to make take a chance on someone not that well-known but successful, then Marley should be the choice. So that's what's coming down right there. And I am going to give you another little teaser. Yes, I have another little teaser. Does the name Adrian Griffin? Ring a bell. should. Adrian Griffin, former Wichita East High standout, played at Seton Hall. Currently assistant with the Toronto Raptors. His name has also popped up several times. 
is maybe on the coaches list. Now he's never had a head coaching job before, so you have you have to be cautious about that. But there's also another kicker to that too. And I'm not gonna go into extended details, but this I will say. Keep in mind, KU was able to pull off a recruiting coup when they recruited Danny Manning. You bring his dad on staff, you get the son. Danny Manning's dad was a truck driver at the time, I do believe. So what what does that have to do with Wichita State possibly showing interest in Adrian Griffin? Because word has it that Adrian Griffin is interested in a job if offered. Well, there's a difference between being committed and being signed. Adrian Griffin has a son who is a five-star prospect, and he is committed to Duke. I'm pretty sure, even without having any head coaching experience, I'm pretty sure Adrian Griffin could probably assemble a nice staff around him. But can you imagine? You get Adrian Griffin and you get his son. Now, there is also projection that his son is possibly a one and done. Is that something that you'll be willing to look into as well, too? Just thought I would kind of throw that out there. Just to kind of tease at you a little bit. So, as we are looking at the Greg Marshall situation and the departure There are some players that actually weighed in as to what they thought. And we will find out what some former players had to say regard to the great Marshall situation. Then again, maybe we won't. 
one thing I always say about technology could be your best friend or your worst enemy. But what I am going to do, I am going to take us back in time. Because we already know that Greg Marshall has resigned. But what we're going to do is look at his tenure here and what all it has meant. Greg Marshall was hired by Wichita State University on April 14, 2007, after spending nine seasons as a head coach at Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. 31 wins. With 331 wins, Marshall has the most wins in Wichita State program history. Marshall would finish 11 and 20, 4 and 14 in the Missouri Valley Conference, ninth place in the first season at WSU. This would be the only losing season during his 13 seasons with the Shockers. 2008 2009. WSU would improve by six wins, finishing 17 and 17, 8 and 10 in the Missouri Valley Conference. Tied for fifth place. They would receive an invitation to the 2009 College Basketball Invitational, CBI, as a number two in the Midwest region. They would beat Buffalo 84-73 in the first round. WSU would fall in the second round to one seed Stanford 70-56. Marshall would have his first winning season with the Shockers, finishing 25-10. 12 and 6 in the Missouri Valley Conference, second place. The Shockers would receive an invitation to the National Invitational Tournament, where they would lose in the first round, 74 70 to Nevada. 2010 2011. Shockers would finish 29 and 8, 14 and 4 in the Missouri Valley Conference, second place. Marshall and WSU would once again receive an invitation to play in the NIT with more success. They would win five games en route to the school's first NIT championship after beating Alabama 66-57 at Madison Square Garden on March 31, 2011. 2011-2012 season. Arsenal and WSU would finish 27-6, 16-2 in the Missouri Valley Conference first place. The Shockers would win the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference championship in St. Louis beating Illinois State 65-64 on March 3rd, 2012. The school will receive an at-large bid to play in the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament. It was WSU's first appearance in the tournament since 2006. As a number five seed in the South region, they were defeated by 12 seed VCU 62-59. The Shockers would finish the season ranked 18th in the AP poll, Marshall would be named Missouri Valley Conference Coach of the Year. 2012-2013, the Shockers would finish 30-9, 12-6 in the Missouri Valley Conference, second place. 
WSU will once again receive an at-large bid to play in the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament. As a number nine seed in the West Region, they would beat number eight. They would beat eight seed Pittsburgh and upset number one seed Gonzaga to move on to the Sweet 16. The Shockers will continue to move through their tournament, beating number 13 seed LaSalle in the West Region semifinals and number two seed Ohio State in the regional finals. WSU will be crowned West Region champions in advance to the Final Four. It was the second time in school history they appeared in the Final Four, the only other time coming in 1965. They would lose to number two seed Louisville, 72-68. The Shockers would finish the season ranked fourth in the coaches' poll for the second year in a row. Marshall would be named Missouri Valley Conference Coach of the Year. Twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, Marshall and WSU would finish season thirty-five and one, eighteen zero in the Missouri Valley Conference first place. Shockers would finish both Missouri Valley Conference regular season and tournament champions. It was the it was their first MVC tournament title since nineteen eighty-seven. The Shockers would start the season thirty-five and zero, the best in men's division one, the best in men's division one starting history until Kentucky started thirty-eight and zero the following year. WSU would enter the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament undefeated as a number one seed in the Midwest region. They would beat number 16 seed Cal Poly 64-37 before falling to number eight seed Kentucky in the following round 78-76. Marshall would receive several honors including AP Coach of the Year and NABC Coach of the Year, Henry Iber Award, and the Naismith Coach of the Year Awards for the Third straight season, Marshall would be named Missouri Valley Conference Coach of the Year. 2014-2015, Shockers would reach 30 wins for the third consecutive season, finishing 30-5, 17-1 in the Missouri Valley Conference first place. The Shockers would win the Missouri Valley Conference regular season title, but ultimately lose in the Missouri Valley Conference semifinals to Illinois State. WSU would receive an at-large bid to the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament as a seventh seed, in the Midwest region. They would beat both Indiana in the second round and Kansas in the third in the third round to reach the Sweet 16. WSU would fall in the Sweet 16 to Notre Dame 81-70. They would finish the season 14th in AP poll and 11th in the coaches poll. So what I'm going to do right here is I am going to take another break. And when I come back, I will finish this up. So stay tuned to A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And I'll be back after this word from my sponsor. back and we're going to wrap this up as we look at Coach Marshall's tenure at Wichita State. So now we look at 
2015-2016 season. Marshall and the Shockers would finish Twenty-six and nine, sixteen and two in the Missouri Valley Conference first place. They would once again win the Missouri Valley Conference season title. Like the previous year, they would lose in the MVC semifinals this time to Northern Iowa. WSU would again receive an at-large bid into the NCAA tournament, Division One's men's basketball tournament. As an 11 seed, they would beat Vanderbilt in the first four and Arizona in the first round. They would fall in the second round to number three seed Miami. 65-57. to 2016-2017, this will mark the first season for Marshall and WSU. The final season for Marshall and WSU in the Missouri Valley Conference. They would finish 31-5, 17-1 in the Missouri Valley Conference. First place for the fourth straight season. The Shockers would win the Missouri Valley Conference title. They would also win the Missouri Valley Conference tournament, beating Illinois State 71-57. They would receive an automatic bid into the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament as a 10 seed in the South region. They would beat Dayton in the first four before losing to number two seed Kentucky 65-62 in the second round. On April 7, 2017, WSU announced they would be moving to the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, effectively July 1, 2017. 2017-2018, this marked WSU's first season in the AAC. Marshall and the Shockers would finish 25-8, 14-4 in the AAC, tied for second place. They would make it to the semifinals of the AAC tournament before losing to Houston. They would receive an at-large bid into the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament as a number four seed in the East region. This would be their seventh consecutive season making the NCAA tournament. They would be upset in the first round by 13 seed Marshall, losing 81-75. WSU would finish the season ranked 16th in the AP poll and 25th in the coaches poll. 2018-19. WSU would see a total off of 11 players leaving heading into this season, including guard Landry Shamit who would be drafted in the first round 26th of the, of the 2018 NBA draft by the Philadelphia 76ers. Marshall and the Shockers would finish 22-15, and 10-8 in the AAC, 6th place. They would be awarded an at-large bid to the NIT tournament as a number 6 seed. After defeating Furman, Clemson, and Indiana, WSU would earn a trip to Madison Square Garden for a semifinal matchup with Lipscomb. WSU would fall in that game 71-64. 2019-20 season. Marshall's 13th season with WSU would see the team finish 23-8, 11-7 in the AAC. Fourth place, the Shockers would see their season cut short as they prepare to play in the AAC tournament due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament would also be canceled. So there you have a look at Marshall's tenure at Wichita State that came to an end this past Tuesday due to allegations of physical and verbal abuse 
All I can say to those who are listening, we still don't know particularly all the details that happened. We know Coach Marshall designed. He will be awarded, if you can use that terminology, he will be awarded $1.3 million over the next six years. Basically, a total of $7.75 million. I have talked to people that said that that was smart on Marshall's part. I've also heard some people say that's unfair. That how can that be? So, it's still split. What I will say, though, is to shock your nation. This year's team, support them. Support the man that has the interim tag. Because at the end of the day, when those young men put on the, that uniform, across the front it says Wichita State University. Chakra Nation, that's our team. Let's rally around them. Are they a seventh place finished team, as suggested? No. I think they're better. I think they could be a third or fourth place team. And I think they're in a position to where they can actually sneak up on some teams. You have to look at look at look at look at the makeup of this roster. You still have Dexter Dennis. Who knows? This could be a breakout year for him in route to him going to the NBA. You have the Wade brothers, Trevin and Trey Wade. You have the transfer, Alterique Gilbert, Tyson Etienne, Isaiah Poor Bear Chandler. Yes, I mentioned his name. Morris Udesi. Why did I mention those two guys' names? Because they seem to not be able to get untracked, untracked last year. And of course, playing behind Jamie Echenique was like watching a masterpiece. Now they can create their own masterpiece. Maybe they can be a two-headed monster in that paint. I got confidence that they will flourish under Isaac Brown. Speaking of Isaac Brown, the title is interim coach, which means it's not permanent. But I think he has a chance to earn that. Put his stamp on this team. So support the team. Support the coach. We say thank you, Greg Marshall, for the year spent. Sorry it had to end this way. But we must move on. To those of you listening, I say thank you for listening to A Transports Talk Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this train ride. I will have a guest on this weekend who is very passionate about things. I will just go ahead and give you his name. Jermaine Pennington is his name. He's been a long time friend of mine. 
Matter of fact, he's a local pastor. I'm reminded of a radio station that I listened to between one or the other, and they had a pastor, Mike, call in. Well, Jermaine Painton is also a pastor, so we may as well call him, I'll just call him Pastor Jermaine or Pastor Pennington. <laughs> he will be on my podcast this Saturday to talk about this very same issue. Also coming up, I'm going to start my college basketball preview because we're right around the corner from that. So until the next time. Take care of yourself and each other. Have a blessed day. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Signing off. You've been listening to another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.